0: time. No, that's right. If you haven't figured it out yet, it is that time because you are now tuned in and therefore have positioned yourself to become undeniable in your pursuit of personal, professional, and spiritual excellence. Now, hopefully you are pursuing excellence at this point, but if you are not, you have come to the right place. Welcome to this astounding episode of become undeniable i am your mostly humble host brad austin keeping it real no matter whose feelings it hurts while providing undeniable value every step of the way so random thought when we when we think of of jamaica when we think of the beautiful country of jamaica most of us think of just that things of beauty beautiful people Right, Beautiful beaches, beautiful resorts, relaxing, right, hospitality, etc. But the truth is, again, and I'm not a, an expert on the history of Jamaica, but our guest is. And the one thing I do know is that Jamaica wasn't always the beautiful place that we know it as today. So today I'm going to bring in a special guest, Mr. Mark Isaacs. Mark is a home builder a land developer who's been, been building beautiful houses in the greater Seattle area for over 30 years. He's naturally a Jamaican-American, originally from Jamaica, of course, that escaped what was to be labeled as tyranny back in in Jamaica in the 70s, right? And so, Mark, I am I am excited to have you on the show. I'm excited about the value you're going to provide and the insight that you're going to provide. And so welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Brad. So, you know, we could we could go a bunch of different ways right now, but I, I kind of structured these questions on purpose in the order, um, and, and it is my hope that people when they're listening to this will that that a light bulb will go off and that will they will recognize certain things after hearing you 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 tell the stories, um, but really, you know. Set the stage for us, Mark. I mean, tell us about what happened in Jamaica when you were there, before you came to the U.S., before you had to escape your home country. Just, just get people to understand what it was really like, because I don't think they can, they can picture that.
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to go back uh, into a, a little quick history. Please. Uh, Jamaica was a member of the Commonwealth of Nations. Britain, the Queen, was at its head. And uh, in 1962, or sometime before that, uh, Jamaica was pushing for independence, so to speak. There were two protagonists. One, Norman Washington Manley, who was a British-educated attorney, and Alexander Bustamante, who was a rabble-rousing unionist, so to speak. Manley was more to the socialist side And uh, surprisingly, Bustamante was more on the conservative side. So Manley was pushing for independence of the British or English-speaking Caribbean countries, while Bustamante was pressing for independence. Ultimately, Bustamante won, and uh, Jamaica became an independent nation in 1962, if I recall. August the 2nd or thereabouts. Actually, my oldest daughter was born on Independence Day in Jamaica. Nice. So, you know, for what it's worth. But uh, we became independent and we had, I'd say, 10 years, I was 62, 10 years of conservative rule. However, during the last five years of that term, um, crime started to step up, per se. Obviously, it concerned all Jamaicans. And uh, Michael Manley was the son of Norman Manley, and he was heading the People's National Party uh, at that time. And he was campaigning, obviously, to win the 72 election. Uh, I, at that time, was, and as many Jamaicans were, were obviously perturbed, more than perturbed, about the crime that was taking place. And Manley came in offering, obviously, peace and tranquility and so forth and so on. I supported Michael Manley. I knew his daughter very well. We used to go to parties, all of us in a big group, you know. And I knew her. And as a result, felt that Manley was the right choice after all his promises. And I campaigned for him, and I voted for him. In night, He won the election. And then in 1974, if my memory serves me correctly, he announced that he was a democratic socialist. And at that point, I recognized that the game was over because crime continued to climb, and obviously that, yeah. Go ahead.
0: If I if I may stop you there for a second, because uh, obviously in, in our country in the U.S. we we see similarities, we see crime increasing, and and we kind of know why. But I'm curious for, as as to a couple things to paint the picture here. So why before he was like, why was crime increasing, was it just naturally increasing, or or it-
1: you know, I, in retrospect, I, uh, I tend to believe that it was in actual fact, the opposition party, which was Manly's opposition, he was in opposition at the time, that was fermenting under or behind the scenes. That was oh, first, well, I, 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 I believe that that's how I, right. Uh, And it was as a result of that crime that, you know, people's minds started to change. And I definitely joined the opposition at that time. Consequently, uh, it just, he, manly at the time, uh, joined forces with Julius Nairiri, uh, Samora Michelle, who was a real rabble-roser in Africa as was Nigeria was in Africa and they formed the non-aligned nations now the non-aligned nations at that time were totally in opposition to the United States they would always vote for the Soviet Union and then right after voting against the United States they'd go hat in hand to the United uh, to the United States to try and gain loans to keep themselves afloat because at that time people were sending money out of the country at a, at an astounding rate and the Bank of Jamaica etc was in deep deep trouble so that sets uh the the pattern or the foundation for what I see happening in this country. One of the things that Manley did that was I would say quite astute under the circumstances was the underprivileged class, if you will, sufferers, as they used to call them in, or probably to call them in Jamaica still, were used by Manley to, uh, lack of a better word, hate the so called benefited class because he would say, that the benefited class was making money off of the backs of the sufferers, using them and keeping them down, if you, if you follow. And that was the theme. So really, it arose uh, in the hearts and minds of one party against the other in terms of sufferers opposed and vice versa. You follow what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, sorry, were you going to say something?
0: I just, it just it just sounds a lot similar, but don't go into, into all the similarities just yet because I'm starting no, to wonder if you I read understand. my notes. <laughs>
1: I understand, sure. So basically that began to completely alter the atmosphere of Jamaica and what we Jamaicans felt was we had had an idyllic lifestyle but things were radically changing. And uh, I won't go into great, great detail, but just to give you an I- idea, the, the government banned anyone outside of the tourist industry from having US dollars, because US do- the country was hemorrhaging foreign exchange. And at the same time, Manly set up diplomatic links with the Soviet Union and everybody said, whoa, you know the communists are coming in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, and I won't go into as I say great detail here, but I'll never forget it. What he did with the U.S. dollar fostered, uh, what shall I say, individuals who decided that they were going to take things into their own hands and break the law if necessary, but try to make as much money as possible, and they would intercept. Tourists at the uh, airports and offer them a far superior uh, exchange rate than the Bank of Jamaica would. And then they would take those US dollars, sell them to Jamaicans who would then spirit the money out of the country. So, you know, I always say, under those circumstances, the law of pre- self preservation is always in the forefront and i won't go into detail in comparison right now but the law of self-preservation never fails and it is predictable and in jamaica people decided that it was becoming an untenable situation on top of that michael manley made a famous speech and he said there are 5 flights to Miami every day. Anyone who chooses to go is free to go. And a lot of people chose to go. Mm-hmm. So it it caused first of all the people who were leaving were the business class. They were generating income turning the economy over making it thrive employing people and they me included i decided well this is an untenable situation i was married to an american still am and uh i just decided hey i'm going to do what mr manley recommends i do Mm. so We left Jamaica in 19, I think it was November 27th, 1977, and moved to the U.S. Was the best thing I ever did. Uh, Nonetheless, I look forward from this point on, particularly around now, and uh, I still feel that way. However, I am truly, truly concerned with the atmosphere that prevails. So that would be a quick history of what what happened with me. So
0: I think, um, I, I, I can't help but be curious as to, again, setting the stage here. And, and we are definitely getting a very, very nice detailed history lesson that I think you, you can never forget history. And there's so many people that don't know history, right? And it, it's just, I I don't understand why people don't look forward, but maybe they're stuck on the screen. I don't know what the case may be, but what was, what was, what was Manley as a candidate? What were the kinds of things he was promising during the campaign that, that would allow someone with your intelligence to support him and campaign for him? Clearly he was promising something different, right? What was, Mm -hmm. what what was the kind of things he was
1: promising? Uh, well, we're going back 30 plus years here uh my memory is good but uh i have to dig deep Uh,
0: just just a thing or two
1: yes you mustn't forget that the crime at the time Mm. was really i mean really bad there was a great journalist by the name of morris cargill who was diametrically opposed To Michael Manley, the daily gleaner at the time uh, was diametrically opposed and things like out of the blue, some criminals uh, attacked Morris Cargill. They shot him. He didn't die. But it was it was clearly where uh, individuals who opposed the government and made that opposition known were attacked we're put in prison, we're done, you know, it's, it's, and I, I look around and see, uh, strange things that happened before that I witnessed firsthand are happening here. So what, what just seeing these things take place made me recognize that the good Lord opened my eyes. And I recognized clearly that there's a pattern here. It's not an accident. It is something that is planned and the plan is proceeding at a rapid pace. Uh, Nobody could say, oh, uh, it's an accident, that, no, no, nothing like that. And I came to recognize, and my view is somewhat. I would term uh, some might consider it radical, but my my view of the political situation then and the political situation now in this country is simple. I believe in the Judeo Christian biblical belief or tenets, you know what what we're told. You know the the Ten Commandments. That found that is the foundation of my belief system. What I saw there and what I see here is there is a distinctly uh, different belief system in many, which is diametrically opposed to the Judeo-Christian inspired biblical beliefs one with me I know that it says you shall not murder and so I say whoa murdering a baby in the womb is diametrically opposed to what the Bible says it is not a question of women's rights per se because the woman and the man have an option To pursue a course of action which could avoid the birth the the pregnancy if you will Mm -hmm. so my on my belief my belief my foundation is immovable because it's a biblical stance that I am obligated to take as a Christian On the other hand, you see the basis in others is a political one. And if it's a political one, then that base can shift either way or anywhere to suit and support that political belief. That political belief very often is in direct opposition to the Judeo-Christian belief. I saw that in Jamaica. And one thing is absolutely certain beyond any shadow of a doubt, I see it here. So that's kind of, you know, as I say, my belief, my stance may be a bit radical, but uh, that's where it is. And if I could just say one of something very quickly mm-hmm. the Judeo Christian stance says one, the primary requisite is freedom for the individual. You know, Jesus gave individuals the choice, the freedom to do wrong or do right. The consequences of those decisions fell on the shoulders of those individuals. That's what I see here. That's my opinion in the, than just the the political scenario is if one is stands in opposition to the free political freedom of an individual then my stance is clear having seen it before don't give me any of this oh socialist uh, leftist you're either one or the other you're a communist diametrically opposed to things that are judeo-christian or you support the Judeo-Christian position. I am. I don't see any leeway in between the two.
0: Yeah, it seems. It it, it definitely seems. I was thinking about this earlier today. It, it definitely seems as though there are there are those in in power, not in our government alone, but in various places across the world, that have a strong intent of replacing God with government and of yeah. course with them at the helm of the government, right? Yeah. Somebody's got to be at the helm. I mean, why not us? It's got to be us, right? Yeah. Cause they know better than everybody. And, and that's another thing. But, um, and just going back to, to, to Manley's campaigning, it, it sounds very, very similar to our landscape today for those of us who are actually awake enough to see it, right. Is, mm-hmm. is, create the problem right Mm -hmm. create the violence pay people to create the violence etc etc and then come in with the solution because no one knows you created the problem in the first place and then you're the hero right Mm
1: -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
0: and and then you get into power and then everything changes and um so the story goes nothing new under the sun right (laughs) this communist playbook 101 right so let's not keep anybody waiting anymore because you've mentioned it a couple of times and I'm going to, I'm going to just open the gates for you, my man. And let's, let's talk about those parallels you mentioned, right? That the question that I have is, is the parallels that you saw back then in Jamaica versus what, what, you know, what happened under Manly's reign versus the current state of America under Joe Biden. And, and before, Anybody sends me hate mail. Any anybody leaves me a nasty comment or whatever. Look, you. This isn't a partisan argument. This is this just, just just observing the realities back then, observing the realities right now. And if you don't have the the integrity within yourself to step outside of your partisan box to see it for yourself, that's a personal problem. Don't come crying to me, right? So, Mark, mm-hmm. what's let's educate people on on these similarities these, these parallels because you have you've seen it before now you're seeing it again and I'm curious as to your what you see
1: well uh, as I say this goes back along a long long time and uh, what I see what I saw then and what I see now is the creation of of the worst of human traits from one side to the other. And the worst of human traits are, you know, hate, envy, jealousy, those things, those types of things. And with that uh, philosophy in the forefront of an individual's mind and being, nothing good can come of that approach. I see, for instance, there was a gentleman that used to teach us biology in school, uh, Mr. Lazarus, and uh, I think he's deceased now. But I recall when uh, Edward Siaga was the uh, leader of the Jamaica Labor Party after Manley and so on. And uh, mr lazarus who used to teach us in school was a supporter of siaga and i got word that mr lazarus had been picked up and taken to prison or locked up somewhere and i initially didn't believe it because he was a benign individual merely supporting the policies that he felt were right and good for Jamaica. And a subsequent trip to Jamaica, years after, years, years after, uh, I was at one of the local hotels, at the swimming pool with my wife and my girls, and he was there. And I remember he came up to me and he said, weren't you in Jamaica when they locked me up? And I said, uh, yes, I was. And he said, why didn't you do something about it? You knew it was immoral. You know me. You know that I did not do what they said. And I sat back. And uh, here we are at a hotel swimming pool scenario. You know, we're on the deck. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking back and recognizing that it was out of fear, that if I stood up for him and said, hey, so so on, then that the focus would have been on me. And I may have suffered the very same thing that Mr. Lazarus suffered from. And he was locked up at the time. That taught me a valuable lesson, as in my, I don't know, 20s or what have you, or early 30s. And I realized that it would be necessary to stand firm, irrespective of the outcome, for what was right and what was true. And looking at this scenario right now, on this January 6th, Insurrection charge. Oh,
0: right.
1: And knowing that what Trump said was go peacefully and patriotically and make your voices heard or worse to that. But I know he used peacefully yes. and patriotically. But the forces that B edited those two words out. So the rank and file who listens only to the Pravda news of today's world, would not have had an accurate portrayal of what he said. And so it's easy to say, oh, he's an insurrectionist. He caused that. But in actual fact, the facts say otherwise. And then I look at the scenario that says for a, a full year, they were burning down buildings, people were killed. I mean, it went on and on and on. And for me, I mean, I'm not a PhD or a genius, but for me it was clear that that behavior, burning down police stations or trying to do that, etc., etc., taking over Three or four city blocks in Seattle, and the Mm. mayor saying that it was a time of great joy or summer of love, uh, you know, etc. I have to say to myself, you have to have your your head up your tail end to not see that that was a time, if ever there was a time of insurrection, that was it. And yet, people are told that the so called Insurrection at the Capitol was worse than 9-11. Almost 3,000 people died in 9-11. It was a Capitol Hill policeman that shot that girl. You know, so the thing is, I I, I say, I often pray and say, How is it, Lord, that Hmm. people with eyes wide open cannot see? How why? And uh, that's a question that I have never been able to answer.
0: You know, I've had I've had many <laughs> I've had many thoughts in my alone time with God and and, and, and reading Scripture and, and wondering where where is the justice? Mm-hmm. Right? People 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 get behind false movements of hyphenated justice, right? False movements, false things to to idolize, if you will. Um, you know, social justice. I mean, there's environmental justice now. I'm still waiting for a definition on that. I don't know what that means. But, you know, they're just, again, create the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Create the problem. In I mean, look, again, don't send me hate mail because you aren't informed enough to go watch the tons of video footage, actual real footage about January 6th and why it was not an insurrection. Why yep. it was just a glorified selfie party where the Capitol Police and everybody else, FBI, were ordered to allow people and um, let them, yes. in and yes. them in and usher them in and stoke yes. the flames so that they can create an environment to start beating people and arresting people. Look, if you got your head in the damn sand, that's not my problem. Go, go find the information. It's there. Stop watching CNN, all right? Stop watching Fox News, all right? Get some real information. It's there. There's no excuse for you not to go find it. I digress. I'll shut up. So- problem. <laughs> We can get passionate up in here, Mark. It's just, it's 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 just there again. There is we we live we live in an age where, and we shouldn't have to be this way, man. We live in an age of absent all reality. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Nothing is actually real, and there is misdirection at every turn, everywhere you look. It's not real, which. Forces a discerning person to actually have to stop and think on most everything you see. You know what I mean? Is is that is that real? Where is that coming from? And then nine times out of ten, I'm guilty of it too, man. I'm like, I don't have time to go look into this right now. You know? And mm-hmm. and you just have to know it's probably BS, right? It's probably not true. It's probably, you know, in the case of mainstream press right big corporate media if you will including fox news in my opinion including newsmax it's it's i mean you just look at the commercials that are playing during during those those programs it's all pharmaceutical it's all big pharma so who do they who do they who are they, who are they answering to whoever pays the bills
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it's not that hard to put together but I, I i i'm gonna i'm gonna let that slide for a little bit i'm sure it'll come up again but I need to ask you about how how would you define communism?
1: Uh, as I say, my definition is on the what I would term radical side.
0: Lay it on us, man.
1: In short, as I go back, if you are not founded in the Judeo-Christian biblical principles which fostered the free enterprise system which has made america the greatest and most powerful nation in the world there is no question about that none if one is in opposition to that principle then in my mind that person has accepted wholeheartedly the marxist philosophy which is diametrically opposed to the biblical philosophy i'm not i'm not here to argue about it people will say oh he's crazy he said no 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 that's not the case there is either one or there is the other don't tell me that if you're in a if you are in a swimming pool that you are not wet <laughs> you you follow what what I'm, I'm saying with you. Yeah, yeah. Then, no that's not the case you are only if you are out and you're dry are you not wet same thing with the biblical principles that I look at It is the Judeo-Christian principles that has made America great. And it's still in a position to continue that trend. But there are people who are in, in many cases, violent opposition to that, those principles. And it is those people that I say, you're Marxist. I don't care. You could socialist. You could whatever you say. You're a Marxist. And if you're a Marxist, you're a communist. Game over. Cause so, I've been-
0: so let's 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 clarify for people listening. Um, Mark, Mark. So I mean, are you are you are you saying that um, if if you are a um, uh, boy, I'm losing my train of thought here for a second. If, <laughs> if you, <laughs> you got me stoked up here, man. Um, so it does seem as as and again. I don't. I don't know that. Do you know of any Christians that are communists?
1: No. I don't you can't. Know. <laughs> be. You can't be.
0: Right. Uh, expand on that a little bit. Why not?
1: Well, you either believe in the Ten Commandments and the principles that it, they convey, or you don't. If you don't, then It is impossible to say that you are a Christian. If you're driving north, don't tell me you're going to get to a southern point. So they are both diametrically opposed to one another. And I know, hey, there are lots of Jamaicans. I see uh, posts on Facebook and what have you. Oh, this Christian, this... But then... In subsequent posts, that person is filled with hate and animosity. And you look at what that person has posted, oh, i um, a Christian and this and that. Right. And then the post is filled with hate to do with Trump and MAGA and this. Well, I don't see anything wrong with making America great again. I think that is a hell of a good idea. I support that completely, but I'm not going to go and burn any buildings down. In other words, if I'm a hot MAGA supporter and somebody says well, hey, to get the point across, you're going to have to go and uh, do this or burn that building down or throw a, a, a Molotov cocktail into this car. I'm going to say, no, that's wrong. My foundational principles tell me that that is wrong. I'm not doing that because it would violate the foundation upon which I have built my life. On the other hand, the Marxist philosophy is burn the building down.
0: Yeah, it seems...
1: You know, like in Seattle, take over the the summer of love or what have you, you know. Take over... That was... Different philosophy, understand, I don't know of any Democrat Marxist who spoke out vociferously, as they should have, when all the buildings were being burnt down, when police cars were being attacked, and nobody spoke out about it. That, to me, says, okay, that guy and that philosophy is diametrically opposed to my own, because I wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't support it.
0: I mean, I I actually, I think there, well, I I think, I think there was only one, I think Tulsi Gabbard was actually speaking out about, uh, about all this stuff. She was the only one standing on, on the, on the the left side of the aisle, if you will, who was speaking out about this. And she continues to speak out today about everything, Um, but, and, and she, I, I, they all but exiled her from the party at this point, you know what I mean? Yes. Make sure they, yes. that she had no chance, etc., to win the election, all that stuff. But I mean, she seems to make a whole lot of sense. She um, does. She's the only one that I can find true. on that side, true.
1: unfortunately. That is correct. That is true.
0: Yeah. Joe Mansion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and again, yeah, maybe, and then sometimes, even a lot of times, he just caves in anyway. I don't know. I don't know about that guy, but that—that's a different story. So, so I mean, as as if there wasn't enough reason for people to, to, to decide this for themselves. What is, why should, here we go. I'm going to just chop this question up, man, because you, you and I both know in in the universities today, they are, I think the stats that I saw recently was about 92 to 97% uh, of professors in all colleges and universities in the, in the country identify on the left or hard left, right? They're either, Democrats, Socialists, Marxist, Progressive, whatever they want to label themselves as, right? Which leaves a, a very, very little diversity of thought, right? So, and, and you know as well as I do that that socialism is fed to many, many college students um, as a great thing. We all get to share in, in the wealth. We all get to share in the love. We all get to share in the whatever the heck they're saying to them, right? But what... Why should everyone, doesn't matter who you are, why should everyone everyone reject even the thought of socialism being implemented here, right? Because, you know, again, they also say that socialism is deemed, they position it as being deemed to be righteous, etc. right? So why should people just, even if they hear it, even if they hear it's all good, why should they, from someone who's lived it, say, I don't think so, not happening.
1: Well, uh, you know, again, it boils down to what I regard as, and as I say, I'm no PhD. I'm just a simple guy who recognizes when somebody shows me a wall and says that that's white, but it's actually gray. I say no. So looking at asking uh, responding to your question the law of self-preservation says that if i go out and work for 12 hours what i generate as a result of my effort through that 12 hours is mine is mine to do with as i choose that fosters ambition and greater ambition Because as one progresses, then one decides, hey, I can do better and better and better. However, if I go out and work for that 12 hours and I generate what I perceive is mine and the government says, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. We're going to take half of what you produce and you can keep the other half and we will take the first half and do with it as we see fit now to me that says whoa hold on it doesn't make nice make any sense for me to go out and break my tail for 12 hours to have them tell me what is to take place with what i have earned no it doesn't work that way so they take away from me my ambition to be productive. I then become, well, possibly a ward of the state. You follow? Now, I am not. Yeah.
0: I mean, isn't that the plan?
1: I am not going out there to break my tail, to earn what I can earn, to have somebody else tell me, hey, Half of it is gone. Now, on the other hand, if I see someone in a challenging plight, which I have over many years, in Jamaica I saw it, and in this country I've seen it, I would say, hey, I'll tell you what, God has blessed me. I have been very, very fortunate. Here, if this will help you, Take it and see what you can do with it. I don't want anything back from him. Take it. Do what you can. That is the free enterprise system as far as I'm concerned. So, to answer your question, what what I see, what I see is the Marxist system destroys, decapitates The ambition that is built into each and every one of us. From that's why Russia, look at Castro's Cuba. I mean, come on. People there are suffering because the government has destroyed the ambition of the Cuban people. There is no question about it everybody there using a jamaican term is a sufferer and they are as a result of the government conditions committed to a life of suffering don't forget castro came into power many many years ago and the majority a lot of the people there now have never experienced anything but suffering mm-hmm and consequently that is the daily fare. i mean you have any idea what it takes for a family to lash a few inner tubes together put bamboo on top of them and push off in the hope to get to america with all the sharks and the storms and the... i mean you have any idea what that takes what they are escaping i mean people have to think People have to think, you know, I, and, but yet I don't understand. I do not understand. And either people are incredibly stupid, which I don't think that's the case. But my dad, and I'll stop after this. My dad did tell me, I left. he took me out of school at 16 years old. I did not graduate high school. And one of the things he said to me When I was, oh, about 13, 14, he said to me, Mark, one of the things you must do to broaden your horizon in this life is you must read. And I I took that to heart and I said, you know what? That's not such a bad idea. I'm gonna try. And one of the first books I read was of a man called Douglas Bader. He was a World War II pilot in Britain, hmm. and he had an accident and lost his legs. And when the war took off, he went to the war officer, or, you know, the RAF, and they said, hey, you don't have any legs. You can't fly a plane. But he persisted and persisted. And eventually, hmm. legless Douglas Bader became a squadron leader and he did great things in the Spitfire planes without legs. And as a 14 year old, one of the things that did to me was it terrified me about losing my legs. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to get there, right? But one of the things it did for me is it made me realize that with determination, and the focus on an objective that anyone, even at the time, a 14 year old schoolboy and later a 16 year old schoolboy who left school without graduating, I said, Darn, I could achieve, I mean, whatever I set my mind to. I'd never be a PhD, but I could achieve in business whatever I wanted to achieve. And I read the book about Thomas Watson, IBM. The founder, I think, of IBM. I read other books, and I one of the things I learned was I gained mileage from the experiences in print from these men. Mm-hmm. So when I got discouraged on an incident or a business venture that didn't go, I look back and I say, Darn Douglas Bader didn't have any legs. <laughs> and he ended up being a squadron leader. Because of his determination and his objective. I said he if he could do that, I think I can do this. You follow what I'm saying, Brad. 20%. And so that's what I did. So the problem I see in the these United States now is an astounding level of ignorance. Mm-hmm. People do not read. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even know who live in the northern states. I mean, you see it on I see it on TV, Fox News or Fox whatever, and you see people uh, these guys who go out. I think Jesse Walt Waters uh, see his guys go out and ask people mm-hmm. questions. Who is young people? Who is the vice president of the United States? Uh. Uh, 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 Barack Obama. <laughs> no, <laughs> who is who? You, you follow what I'm saying? With that level and degree of astounding ignorance, and people in kids in school, eight year old kids being taught pornography and so on. I mean, I mean, do you really think anything good is going to come of that? Anybody no. think that? I don't know. No.
0: No, the answer is no.
1: And I'm talking well, too much. i keep <laughs> <about it. laughs> No, no,
0: it's 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 it, no there there is a we have and I don't know how it started. I think it is I think it's tied to a, a a desire for convenience. Um but as as a as a startup founder who has a technology company who has apps in the app stores and and who deals with users on our app who i mean who don't even know about the app that they downloaded it's absolutely insane and the whole it stems from people not reading nobody reads it's it, 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 like the science of websites says that you have to make things scannable not readable scannable because no one's going to spend any time and i i'd love to find somebody who understands the the foundations of that conditioning where it started how it started um Mm. everything else if you're somebody who understands that man hit me up i'll have you on as a guest on the show (laughs) but it nobody reads anything mark much less picking up a book or another book and reading you know what i'm saying It, it just doesn't happen and i just it's it it causes so many problems and i think i think all this social media stuff is partly to blame quite honestly Because people are conditioned to being entertained rather than rather than
1: educated. Correct. Correct. Absolutely.
0: um, Let's talk about something that really kind of uh, irks me to no end, and it irks me on all sides. Um, So let's let's talk about cult style followings. All right, cult style followings of politicians, fake movements. Right. Um, For reference, let's talk about when Obama was running for president, right? We saw it with Obama where people were on video talking about how this guy, he's going to pay my mortgage. He's going to pay my gas. He's going to give me this. He's going to give me that. And wake up call for that one. Right. I mean, those people got very, very disappointed. Right. You see it with Trump too. You see people who in, in their eyes, Trump can do no wrong. Right. <laughs> Even though in my opinion, he has done some wrong or not. Something's right. And, he continues to this day to not to back away from the COVID shots. He needs to back away from that, in my opinion. Or he's going to lose a lot of people, but that's again a different story, right? You see it with the with this Q movement, right? The plan, etc. I mean, I, I, I don't know where does this stem from. I mean, is it, is it do people feel that hopeless that they have to believe in a false plan, as if like? I don't know, Mark, I see no proof. I have yet to see any proof of any plan being in place, any movement that is going to save us. You can't rely on, on a person to save you anyway. You know what I'm saying? You cannot rely on a human being to save you. So I guess what's your intake on why people are so easily sucked into these types of movements, regardless of what quote unquote side it's on, right? What are, what? why?
1: Uh, that's Brad that's a good question uh, I the only thing I can uh, the only thing I can think of is Jim Jones in uh, Guyana if I'm not mistaken who had all his followers and uh, the religious uh, fellow who thought he was providing utopia Mm. for all these people and eventually had them drink Kool-Aid that was filled with poison and killed, I don't know how many hundred. Uh, You have to stop and say to yourself, how could those people have believed what he was saying and then drink the Kool-Aid, as they say? Mm -hmm. Likewise, similarly. If indeed a person who is charismatic and truly capable of getting points across, my experience is, hey, it's not that hard to deceive people into following a most crooked path. After all, Michael Manley in Jamaica in 1972 coming up to that election spun a story that i believed but by that time or at that time i had not yet come to faith in the saving christ Mm -hmm. so to a degree i was being led by isaac roten but were blind. So it wasn't until I began to pay attention to what was happening and was fortunate enough to know some people who were Christians, true Christians, that I began to learn what the facts about life are. So I I always say You know, there's a great saying, I don't remember who it was who said it, but it said two paths diverged in the wood, and I I took the one lesser traveled, and that has made all the difference. Mm -hmm. And when you see all these riots and burning down and what have you of everything, those people exemplify the ones who took the path or paths most traveled. And everybody just followed on like cattle running over a precipice. Mm -hmm. No careful individual thought. No knowledge gained from reading and expanding one's mind. And again, as I say, look, I'm coming as a 16-year-old high school dropout. I am not masquerading as a PhD or anything. But I have recognized that it is necessary to broaden one's horizons. And the only way to do that is to read and seek the truth. Only then will the path be as it should be.
0: So I, I think... I think I'm gonna echo your sentiment of look whenever whenever you whenever you see people or something happening, movements or this or that, or the other, my first instinct, and I think as a rule of thumb, people should, should pause and, and execute on this. Don't follow the crowd. Right? As a rule of thumb, do not follow the crowd. No matter what. Right? Nine and a half times out of ten It's not a good thing, right? If nothing else it gives you time to pause reflect and actually think about What you're following? Right, you can't I I don't think you can follow people just because they say something nice Right Mm -hmm. or you believe in them because they're part of this Institution if you will, but I'm very very leery of institutions, and and we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in a second because this this the theme of this show. What I want people to take away is is the 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 value of discernment, right? Yes, it co- you have to pause for a second. Yes, you have to stop for a second. Yes, you have to delay your instant gratification to where it's not so instant, right? You have to pause, but you. <laughs> you'll be able to make better decisions. I mean, it's not that difficult to figure out, right? But I want sure. that's what I want people to take away. And So as we are as we are learning more and more with each passing day, right? I mean, unless of course you're just refusing to pay attention still, right? If you got your head in the sand, that's a different story. But what we're learning every day now about how the COVID pandemic was absolutely planned sorry facts are there right Mm -hmm. you can find it for yourself don't get pissed off at me go find it go educate yourself right and how our three-letter agencies slash institutions like cdc fda nih on and on fbi cia yada yada were they were literally in on it right with the World Economic Forum. And again, if you don't know about them and the evil they're doing, go educate yourself. Don't don't say I'm a conspiracy nut because conspiracy nuts have got many pi- points on the board, I'm here to tell you, over the last five years. All do right. right? Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't even try it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lose a wink of sleep. All right? After all that, I mean, what are your thoughts on trusting the institutions? Because I've already told you how I feel. I have zero trust for the institutions, any institution.
1: I... I don't harbor a great deal of trust uh, in and for them, really. Uh, One of the things that I have found amusing is to go on YouTube and see Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, And they ask him, is the border secure? And he says, yes, the border is secure. But that day, 8,000 illegals crossed into the country. And you have to recognize that either the man is totally insane or he is the most monumental liar that has ever, been on television that's how I. that's how i see it and how how anyone could see him and follow his path and say yeah the border is secure they have no idea no idea of the truth which is the the basis of the, of what we're talking about and it, it it's just absolutely staggering and mind-boggling that he could get away with that in a congressional hearing because it was me i think all republicans questioning him should get up and walk out it's disgusting it is absolutely disgusting to hear him and sometimes he makes statements that lecture them. He explains things. So I you know, Brad, I I am what shall I say? I am into someone like Joe Biden. I <laughs> I <laughs> am really, really concerned that the truth is all around us it's not hard to find you don't really have to go searching it's all there and I I just am truly truly troubled that we are in a set of circumstances where people are like waves they come in they see one set of circumstances that's being pursued and they pursue that. And then the wave goes back out and they immediately change because somebody else says something and like the wave or the water, it just goes back out into the ocean. You follow what I'm what I'm trying yeah, to yeah. say? There, there is no uh, firmness to foundations. I go back to what I said in a minute. There's no firmness to foundations. There is nothing immovable. Now, I voted for Donald Trump. And to be candid, I'd vote for Donald Trump again. I do not necessarily believe and accept all of the things he says, right. and all of the things that he does. Right. And given the opportunity, I will say, no, I um, I support him, but I disagree with that statement and i disagree with that action but one thing i say is when it comes to putting america first he understands the word sovereignty Hmm. and if one is a sovereign nation then one must take action to protect that protect that sovereignty And the only way that sovereignty can be protected is what I saw him doing by building the wall and doing what was necessary to control illegal immigration because illegal immigration is just that. In Jamaica, if a tourist overstays his or her visa and the uh, immigration and customs (laughs) track that person down, they are sent out to Jamaica so fast their head spins. Oh, so Jamaica, just,
0: yank him, just yank him right out, huh?
1: Right out. You're going wherever you came from.
0: No no sympathy for. No, no you're out of here.
1: You're out of here.
0: No, no poor guy. He's just trying to get away no, from his wife. No no, no,
1: no. You are out of here. No, if he, <laughs> has to be, he or she happens to be married to a Jamaican, then there is possibly a difference. But I know. Of circumstances such as that, where the spouse was an alien and they were out of there. I could probably do what was necessary to come back, but they were out of there. So there's, you know, I agree with certain things that Trump has done, and I would vote for him again to ensure that those things are done, that the integrity of the nation is maintained, that sovereignty is in the forefront and defended. Uh, I don't
0: know I think I, I hope I should say I hope because I I I, I can't say I think I don't really know I, I'm it is my hope that um, Regardless of your political leanings, it is my hope that that You have a stark comparison now, right? You ha you knew what life was like under Donald Trump as much as you hated his mean tweets as much as you hated his brash New York attitude, as much as you hated those things, life under Trump was pretty damn good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, three and a half percent unemployment, booming economy, blah blah blah, everything else. I mean, go down the list. I don't care if you like him or not. You you had to observe that, right? True. You were living yeah. it up. You didn't mind living in that environment. But now you have a stark contrast that of what we are living in now. But I think, and I think, I'm hoping that there are a lot of people. Who can have enough integrity within themselves to say, you know what, in my heart of hearts, I still don't like the guy. I still don't like Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd rather live under his rule than under this, mm-hmm. right? And just vote for the guy, simply, whether you hate his attitude or not, it doesn't matter. It's about policy because policy affects your life. Yeah, yeah. So, boy, I don't know. So that said, that's a great segue into the next question. Um, and and <laughs> I don't know that I have, I don't have the answer. I, I'm not sure if you're going to have the answer, but we're going to try. All right. And the question is how, like, I mean, that said, I, I'm hoping that more people are waking up, especially, you know, on the left, if you will. How do we get more, more Americans to actually wake up and recognize what's happening um, when, when, all of the trusted, quote-unquote, institutions that I just mentioned in the last question are telling us that everything's fine. Nothing to see here, right? How do you – I mean, it, it's hard for me and you to, to project that on people because they have to discover it themselves. They have to come to a place where – but there's such a huge disconnect, Mark, between how how much things cost at the grocery store and Joe Biden being in office. There's a huge disconnect because I voted for the guy, not me. I didn't, no way. But the person yeah. I'm speaking generally, right? Man, these tortillas are six bucks and we're in Florida. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they were three, three and a half bucks a couple years ago, right? Gas, etc. right? It's so high. But I mean, there's a huge disconnect between that grocery store pricing and, and your money going out of your wallet and, and the fact that Joe Biden's in office. I don't. Under, I don't know. How do you? How do you think? How is it going to happen that people are going to wake up? How do you get more people to wake up and, and see it and connect?
1: I. I was fortunate enough to have in my house yesterday a Russian American, non American citizen, who lived, was born and raised in Vladivostok, in Russia, and he, like me, is in the. Getting into the land development business and we have property that's close by and, you know, maybe we'll make a deal together. But he made a statement yesterday sitting at my table and he said, what we see today in America is what I saw through Pravda while I lived in the Soviet Union. And he said, what was amazing is how people believed everything that came out of Pravda. And I sit down and I said, I have watched CNN, I've watched MSNBC, I've watched ABC, and uh, particularly CNN and the one that has those girls uh, Uh, Behar, and uh, those other ladies. Yes. And I sit and I say to myself, what this guy said was absolutely 100% true. And when I watch those women on uh, The View, they're filled with such hate Mm. They're filled with such resentment, such envy, such jealousy that I, I just, I just cannot watch a program or watch them for much time because it begins to affect me. It, 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 it's poisonous. Mm-hmm. And as Nelson Mandela, that great, uh, I think South African, uh, as, as he said, hate, resentment, envy, jealousy, those to the human being is like drinking poison, hoping that someone else will die. And one of the things with Mandela, who lived through the apartheid regime in South Africa, was when he became the president he was not, to the best of my knowledge, he was not filled with any of the worst of human traits. And the white South Africans, don't forget, had him in prison for I think for 20 20-something 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and he came out of prison, but was not filled with a quarter of the hate and resentment and negative traits that I see on the view when i have the misfortune of tuning in and so i do, do you follow what i'm trying to say brad I, I, i'm with you man I'm, I'm with you so it's uh it's like i, I think there was this guy uh, uh president Ceausescu. i think it was Ceausescu, and i think the country was poland and uh and i i've read all of this stuff you know and the country was Poland and there was an Christianity and what have you was outlawed, you know. And uh, these Christians are gathering in this church or this little building and what have you and uh, worshipping God and talking about Christianity and so on. and All of a sudden, the state police burst in. Now, that, what they were doing was illegal. And the state police burst in and say, okay, everybody, big trouble here. No those of you who believe that the state is the ultimate authority, get out of the church. Or get out of this building. And, I don't know, significant portion of them attending this Christian service person, a significant portion gets up and leaves. And then the few state police who chased them out, Close the door and say, OK, we just wanted to make absolutely certain that we were with like-minded Christians and wished to partake mm. in the service as it is right now. And those were people who were firmly grounded in truth.
0: You, yes. you follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes.
1: And according to the Russian guy who was here, mm-hmm. he said, what I see on television and what have you is exactly what I saw in Russia with Pravda. They lied, they misled, they deceived, but people believed them. And when that happens, you're definitely on the wrong path.
0: Well, I mean, that was—I mean—in Russia, that was the media institution.
1: Absolutely. Right?
0: So, but there weren't really many options, as far as I'm, as far as I know, back then. I don't know. No. I'm not. I'm not a historical scholar, but no. um, again, trust in the institution. Um, as an aside, I. I Again, if you just look, if you just look at and you observe, if you make the observation and you look at there's video of this stuff all over the place. Those same people on the view in the media and in Hollywood and wherever else, right? Mm-hmm. Go check it out yourself if you don't believe me, but I mean, they all loved Donald Trump. They all loved him up until he ran For president, as a Republican. Okay. (laughs) No, you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's been on the view. There's video. I've seen videos of him. all loving on him, yucking it up, playing with his hair. Oh, it's real. Oh, it's fake. Oh, I mean, just yucking it up with the guy, man. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. You know, I mean, they would take his money when he would help them out in their causes, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. all these people and all these networks, all the people that hate him now loved him then. So, he's the same guy what did he do, right? What did he do? So if that doesn't make you stop and discern for a second and question, is it really Trump, did he change that much? No, he's the same guy, or is it them, right? If you can observe stuff like that, you can figure things out for yourselves a lot of times, but people Mm -hmm. don't stop, people don't stop to do that. So when speaking of discernment, let's talk about this because it seems like you've mentioned it a couple of different times immovable foundations, etc. right? So if somebody's listening to this and, you know, I, at some point or another, we are all guilty of following the crowd, right? Yeah. We are, we've all been guilty of following the crowd. We, we didn't know any better. We, we, this and that and the other, we've all gotten duped in our lives. It's, it's a thing. It happens, right? doesn't have to continue to happen, right? And the only way that can cease to happen further or much less often is by way of discernment right so how can people what would you advise people to do to establish a a better foundation of discernment right so that they don't get fooled by political schemes fake movements where they can listen to what somebody's saying and and say hey you know what Mm, that doesn't sound right you know what i mean i'm I'm not going to just blindly follow them
1: well i uh, I must go back to a a great story that had a factual story that had uh, a truly beneficial effect on my life and uh, it's a it's a biblical story and uh, it never never ceases to amaze me when I think of it. And I think of the time when Christ was crucified on his right or on his left, whichever. On both sides of him were men who were convicted of thievery, thieves. Thieves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and they were crucified, one on the right, one on the left. Now, everybody knew of all the things that the Christ had done, the good, the good things. He did no bad. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm going to use my own words in this. And one of the thieves says to him, Jesus, now don't hold me, this is not scriptural quotation just my interpretation oh, okay it says, Jesus here we are hanging on the cross you performed multitudes of miracles you raised people from the dead you made paralyzed people walk you made blind people see you made deaf people hear you made dumb people talk and here we are on the cross hmm. to a number You know, do something and get us off of here. He did not, Jesus didn't say a word. He kept quiet. Hmm. But the man on the other side said to him, leave this man alone, speaking to his fellow thief, leave this man alone. He has done no wrong. We deserve to be where we are, and then he said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus said, "This day, you will be with me in paradise." I'm so- I'm sorry, Brian.
0: No, man, but we, it's we,
1: true. We, it's real. It's true. That happened to me. It happened to me. So. I can't see anything else.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's happened to a lot of us, man. And, and I think if I may, if I may fill your words a little bit, I, I think what you're saying is is where that real discernment comes from. Right?
1: Absolutely absolutely
0: because so, i've
1: great but i know where i've come from
0: yeah and that's that is um that is a that is a lesson in humility as well and being able to recognize that we aren't so great right we, we are not so great we are not all we think we are sometimes um in just, there's so many people that are just just not not willing to submit their lives to their Creator, right? Be, because it's a bunch of rules. It's this, whatever their justification is. I, I did a whole show on this with with, a, with the pastor a couple episodes ago, and and he brought some great insight to that. But man, that's you you're right that that's it. I mean, I I feel for people who who don't have what we have. Um one of the goals of this show is that I, I hope people I hope people will will get curious about Christ.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and
0: and reach out to someone to 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 just explore him, ask him to show up. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? nope. I'm not sure what you're so afraid of. I mean, that again, another story. So I think this is the, a great way to, to put the last question in Mark to you um, so if you need a second to think about it it's all good i can edit out the pauses we're, we're okay here you know
1: yeah yeah but, yeah uh,
0: <laughs> but if you could leave the audience with just one thing i mean just one thing that they could start doing right now that would set them on the path To becoming undeniable. In your opinion, what would that one thing be?
1: Being willing to humbly seek the truth irrespective of what one believes politically. Mm. Because the truth is not found, excuse me, in a political belief. That's right that would be it
0: man that is that is profound advice in my opinion that is that is excellent honestly people people need to start doing that a lot more often and and i'm guilty of doing of not doing that many times and and i'm trying to improve in that regard because the truth is a truth man it's not your truth it's not my truth it's not the left's truth it's not the right the right's truth True. Truth is truth. And that's it. There can only, the, the nature of truth is that there can only be one, right? Mm-hmm. Mark, man, I appreciate you taking the time um, to, to spend with me today. It's been an awesome, awesome episode. Um, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, ask you questions, talk about your time in Jamaica, or just to reach out and say hi. I mean, how can people connect with you?
1: I think on Facebook, Mark... Mark P. Isaacs or Mark Isaacs, one of the two.
0: Okay. And you oh. are in the greater Seattle area, correct, Mark?
1: Yes, yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Awesome. Well, again, my friend, thank you so much for your time today, for your insight, for your wisdom. Uh, I hope people will take what you've said and apply it in their lives to become more discerning individuals um, and to seek truth a lot more than we do and to read more. Everybody, you got to start reading more. Take the extra second or two or minutes. To read a little bit more it'll be worth your while guaranteed thanks again mark i appreciate you
1: thank you brad take care
0: well that is it for this episode guys it is my hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it that it brought you some undeniable value things that you can take away and implement in your life right now man that last piece of advice from mark was profound do that if you took away nothing else you got to take that away because it will produce positive changes in your life. Now, if you didn't hear any nuggets that were undeniably valuable to you, then clearly you weren't listening, right? So what's your next step when this show ends, okay? Pay it forward by sending the show to people you know, right? Maybe while listening, you, you came across a point that you thought someone, this particular person really needs to hear, right? Something that was just for them, right? Send them the show doesn't take it doesn't take much a couple taps of your thumb and you and you're good right that could be what gives them that final kick in the butt to get out there and start creating some positive impact after that leave us a generous review so that the show can grow and get this value into the ears of more listeners that really need to hear it remember remember you cannot become undeniable if you are uninformed and you cannot make an impact if you are asleep so it's time to wake up already become awakened and you become undeniable and as always make sure you bless up mine and i'm out